Welcome to the AW Confidential Podcast. I'm the founder of Awakened Women and author of A Journey to Becoming the Best Self. AW is about sharing stories. I believe it's one of the best ways to create connection, heal, and learn from one another. I hope you join me and some guests along the way as we explore different perspectives and experiences on topics about women, for women, and to inspire, empower, and encourage women. Welcome to the AW Confidential Podcast. You may recognize today's guest from the Netflix hit film, Purple Hearts, one of my personal favorites. She plays Marisol, single mother to Cassie, who was played by Sophia Carson. She has a long list of accomplishments. The award-winning actor, director, and writer has an impressive line of acting credits and filming credits as well. From well-known television hits like Selena the Series, 911, Truth Be Told, Gentified, SWAT, Crime Story, The Messengers, the list just goes on. In 2022, her film Los Patines won several awards, and we congratulate her for that, and we are so honored to have a Latina that is so well-recognized. In May, the Latina will star in Freebie's much-anticipated bilingual five-part series, Casa Grande, and we are so excited to have her here. Welcome, Loren Escandong. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Betty. It's such an honor. <laughs> I, you know, I always do my research. And as I was looking at all the acting credits, I said, oh, I can't run through the whole thing. You are busy. It, it seems like it could be busier. <laughs> well, you, you, it's so interesting, right? Like that perception of how people see you and how you see your own progress. And sometimes it doesn't match. So people feel like, oh, but you're busy. And sometimes I'm like, why am I not doing anything? <laughs> well, I want to be one of the first of many to congratulate you. I know I'm really excited about this new series, and I want you to give us um, just a little bit of background. Latino uh, representation is critical in just all industries, and you have been really passionate about playing women of color. In this newest role, you play Jimena Morales, Rafael's wife and Mael's mother. She dreams of a better future for her family while managing the realities of the circumstance, the situation. And I think we can all relate to that. That's why it's so important that you just give us a little bit about the series, just the premise, your character, and why was it so essential for you to play this role? Ooh, okay. <laughs> Let's start with the basics and the easy. <laughs> So the basics is the name is Casa Grande. It's going to be on freebie. May 1st is the release. And I really hope a lot of people get to watch it. It's a free platform. So that's very convenient. You don't need a subscription or anything, which is the reason we love that platform too and how we found a home there. About the series overall is, it's called Casa Grande. And it feels like we're all trapped in this house. It's four different families. And the story happens through these four different families their values, their, their beliefs, their way to see life, all kind of conjure in this place. But at the same time, what I love about this show is like 
the fact that we're trapping that house in a way under those circumstances in that environment is just a reflection of society overall and how in the, the, the way the drama is portrayed has all this love and loyalty and betrayal and how all those feelings bring the best and the worst of our humanity. And so in that exploration of class and religion and family and culture and immigration, we just find that at the end of the day, we're all just humans and we're just trying to have a life that we are that we feel that is worth living. So that's what I love about the show. And that's a little bit what the show is about, about my character, Jimena Morales. As you said, she's a hardworking mom. She's a she's a party a little bit too. Eh? Uh, she's really fun. But at the same time, the reason I really wanted to play this woman is because from the beginning, I felt I felt that I needed to craft this woman in a way that it honor all the farm workers in this country. Because for, for the longest, I myself didn't, I didn't even think how my products got into my refrigerator. All the hands I needed to touch, all the, the people, the stories that those fruits and vegetables are bringing with them to our table for our enjoyment and for our nourishment, right? And so with Jimena, I just want to, to portray with pride this part of, of the farm workers that sometimes is overseen or that is a stereotype by the idea of who we think they are when who they are is just humans with a life that is relatable to everybody. And it's, and it's I think you make a very good point. And I think the show is very important because it's almost and I, and I don't want to say this in a condescending way, but it's almost like they're invisible. We don't remember who, how we get our food in the refrigerator, you know, oh. how things come, how the, the vegetables and the fruits, how they come from the farms to the table. We don't think about that. We think about the end product. So the fact that we're bringing these quote unquote characters to life, these are real people. Yeah. So I think it's, so important this show for many reasons you know we want latino representation but we also want to hear the stories and not just that i feel like it's the part of humanizing those stories because for us especially in the political environment we're living in they have just become a problem they have become the other but there is no otherness we're all humans we're all connected we all need each other so it, it has I really appreciate this show in particular for that, for just like taking a stand on a on a story that has the the political kind of uh, undertone, but that is now more important than the humanity of these characters that we're trying to portray. Now, speaking about just people and you know coming from different places, you graduated with a degree in theater from Universidad del Valle in Colombia. Yeah. <laughs> and then you made this bold move to come to the US to pursue your dreams. And that I think is, it's an immigrant story. It's, you know, it's what we are living. My parents came from the Dominican Republic hoping to give us a better life and we've had a better life. And, and I am even more grateful today than I ever was. 
because it was the gift that they left me. And I can't imagine that there were some challenges with you stepping into, you know, this career in this new country. And Latinos have been invisible in Hollywood for decades. But they're carving that little space in front and behind the cameras, hence where you are sitting right now. (laughs) So as a dreamer and a proud Colombiana entering the entertainment industry for the first time, if you can remember back to that moment, what was your biggest struggle and greatest lesson as you assimilated into this Oftentimes, I think more often than not, very difficult industry. Oh, God, it's definitely difficult. (laughs) (laughs) It's never easy. But I feel like one of hmm, many struggles, because as you said, I I came right after I graduated college with the hope and the dream of becoming a star in Broadway. Keep in mind, I don't sing. I dance, but I don't sing. (laughs) (laughs) I love that right out of the bat was a really crazy dream, but a dream at the end of the day. But I think that one of the biggest struggles that I encountered when I moved to this country had to do exactly what we were talking about before, and it was the perception of who I was. Um, I moved to the country not speaking the language, so I wasn't able to really communicate <laughs> at all. <laughs> wow. So the idea of being in Colombia, an educated woman, finding my way out of my country because of because I felt a little uh, limited in my own country, precisely because representation was lacking there too. So I thought about let's go to America because it's different there, and encountering here almost the same circumstances. Plus the idea that I was an immigrant, that I was a woman of color, that I didn't speak the language. And that because all of those facts, people had an idea of who I was. That was not even close of who I am. So that was a huge struggle. And then adding to that the fact that now I needed to identify myself as Latina which was a completely new concept to me. When you're in Colombia, we're all Colombians. You're not thinking in those terms. So it was making peace with the fact that I'm black. Okay. I'm Latina. Okay. And I don't have to choose between the two. I'm both. Okay. But what do society in America and in my business expect of me? and how they perceive me. And then the roles start coming and I started noticing, oh, they think that I'm this particular thing that has nothing to do with me. And they they put you in a box. That's all I could do. And so breaking those barriers was definitely a struggle for me. Um, This idea of uh, what is authentic, right? So people sees me and they're like, but you don't look Colombian. Really, how do you know that? You reference, but at the same time, you cannot blame them, right? You cannot blame people for seeing that because if that is all they have been shown and that's the only reference they have, how how are you going to expect more from them? And that's why inclusion and diversity and true representation is important because Latinos, we are not monolith. We don't look all one way. We don't sound all one way. We are not one culture. 
we are many cultures. We different sell shapes, different sizes, colors, colors, hair textures, dialects. Oh. I, I mean, oh, we are just like we are. We are a whole continent full of people with rich diversity ourselves. So the fact that the business always thought of Latinos in one way was a huge struggle. But at the same time, that gave me my biggest lesson. And the lesson was, do not sit and wait. Ooh. Don't sit and wait to, for the business and the industry to come and write the character that you want for yourself and, and to serve to you what you think it should be. Just try to figure the way to create those projects that will portray your culture the way you see it, the way that you believe we are. My perception of our culture is not the only perception at the same time, right? My perception and yours are completely different. If you, as a Mexican person, their culture is completely different to Colombian, Argentinian, or Brazilian. So I am working on creating stories that portray my culture from my point of view, because it's the only one I have, but that portrays them with dignity and with pride and with respect. That's all. It's, it's funny because one of my favorite sayings, and I have posted with quotes everywhere, and one of the sayings is, if they don't give you a seat at the table, build your own. And that's exactly what you're saying. And I love that because it's true. We can't just wait for opportunities. We can't wait for, you know, to fit in a certain box or in a certain group. We have to sometimes, you know, blast through whatever the path is and carve our own. And, and I love that. that you said that. Oh, thanks. And not just that, not just build your own seat on the table, but once a, a door opens for you, keep it open for the ones behind. Do not, do not shut that door for, because there is no competition in this. There is space for everyone. There are opportunities for all of us. We don't need to be selfish. And I, and I love that you said that because I was actually going to ask you this question. So mm -hmm. you mentioned diversity and inclusion, and it has taken a spotlight, particularly in recent years, and it's open, opening up opportunities for us, for the ones that come behind us in a range of industries from corporate to entertainment to healthcare, just everywhere. So as an Afro-Latina who is not only an actor, but is also a filmmaker, a, just a director or writer, and, and you're an activist, how do you secure your contribution to Latino representation in your industry? Oh gosh, <laughs> complicated question. <laughs> Um, well, I do my homework. Yeah. <laughs> this woman. Um, okay, I will say there, there are different paths for me in order to do that. I feel as an actress, I my way to do it is to be very mindful of the characters I portray. Because you know what? I'm an actress and people feel like, oh, actors always have money. No, we don't. Seriously, mm -hmm. we <laughs> really, yeah. unless you're Cape Blanchett, you probably don't. But at the same time, I need to pay my bills, right? So sometimes I feel people compromise about what their art is and the stories that they tell in order to pay the bills. No judgment on that. You have to do what you have to do. I have been blessed 
am very privileged to be able to say no to projects that come my way because I don't think that they represent my culture and my demographic group and my race with dignity and pride and I won't take it, right? So that is my way to secure as an actress having some sort of control because as an actor, you are rejected right and left, right? You And you never know why. <laughs> so it is like emotionally very dragging. It's financially very complicated. But I really feel that I need to have some sort of control. And my only control is to choose what I want, where I want to put my craft on. As a filmmaker, it's a little different, right? Because I have a little bit more control. I can control the stories that I want to tell. And I want, and I have some sort of control of who I tell the story with. So in that sense, I'm always very mindful of having the most diverse group of collaborators I can find. That's always my priority. For my latest um, film, The Last Store, all my cast were women of color. The only male character was black. All my head of departments were women behind the camera. Every pretty much 95% of my crew were people of color. That is very important to me. For Los Patines, my entire cast was female. All my people behind the, the camera were people of color. And the joke is that the only white person we had behind the camera was doing catering. <laughs> that, that is ironic. <laughs> the realities, but it's kind of inversing the realities we usually see or that they show us, right? Uh, and so I am always very mindful of that. And that is my way to, that's my contribution to the change, right? To be always very mindful of, because if we don't hire each other, it's never not going to be the check on the box. For now, we're a check on the box. People is like, oh, I have one Latino. I have one Asian. I have one Black person. Mm -hmm. And that's the core. Until we don't start hiring our own over and over again, until that doesn't become a thing, not even a thought, we're not there yet. That's true. That's true. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, you've been, you've worked hard. You've played so many great roles and you continue to build an amazing career, as I said, in front and behind the camera. And I, as a Latina, I love it. I feel pride and, you know, having a daughter that's also a Latina and she's very proud of it. You know, you are an example and I, I love that, but you have so much more to do in your career. And I'm just curious, when you look at your future, just long-term, what do you hope your legacy to be? Oh, legacy. Mm. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think that my legacy, I want my legacy to be living behind an industry that doesn't need to think about inclusion anymore. Mm. I want to leave behind a body of work that represents my culture with pride, that is a model to follow. And that is a reflection of society. And I want, as an Afro-Latina in particular, live behind the possibility of our stories to be as 
far away from stereotypes as possible and, 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 and presenting to the people as an Afro-Latina the richness and the universality mm. and the uniqueness of our stories all as elements of one thing that is just our humanity. I think that that's what I would like to leave behind. And a great company where everybody is just whoever they want to be. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And not and and it's funny because you just sort of led into my last question. I like to end our interviews with a quote, a mantra, a piece of advice to inspire. And I'd love for you to share encouraging words that you can offer anyone who thinks that they need to bargain their authenticity to be successful, what would you say to them? Don't. <laughs> Don't do it. It's not worth it. Because your value in your art, in your persona, in your humanity is in who you are, in the authentic self. So don't compromise your vision. Don't compromise your morality. Because the truth is that there is no success without those elements. And there is no uniqueness without those elements. And when you're especially in the arts, when you are an artist, you are your biggest possession. And the more clear you are about who you are, the more that is going to translate into your art and the more you're going to be able to connect with other people in their, more, in their most intimate and profound way. Um, so I will say that, I will say, keep going, do not stop. I will say, I will say, I have, I actually, um, my character in Pauper Hearts, she always said, que no arriesga, no gana. No uh, risk, no gain. And so my daughter in the movie, Sofia Carson, has a tattoo that says, que no arriesga, no gana. And my mother used to say that all the time. And it was when I started playing this character that I revisited that idea. And I tattooed the tattoo myself because I was like, yes. Wait, like a real? I did. Yes, I have it. I'll show you. <laughs> oh, I love and, that. And it is that. For me, that is my mantra. Quien no arriesga, no gana. No risk, no gain. You have to go and try to make your opportunities happening. And in this, in the process, you cannot, you cannot give up in your authenticity. You're gonna make me cry. So. <laughs> that's um, that's that's pretty powerful. You can't. If you lose your authenticity, you lose yourself. Thank you so so much. Oh my God, yo soy llorona. Um, yo también. <laughs> Thank you so, so much, Lauren. You are, you're amazing. Eres encantadora, humilde. Um, I know that we're going to be seeing so much of you. And I thank you for being here today. And please let us, let us know um, how can we find Casa Grande? How can people learn about you? Where can they find you on social media? I know because I follow you, but everyone else. <laughs> Well, Casa Grande is going to premiere May 1st on Freebie. So this coming Monday, we are very excited about that. Um, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter 
as at Loren, L-O-R-E-N, Escandon, E-S-C-A-N-D-O-N, um, and Facebook, también, because, you know, people say that Facebook is for viejitos, I'm viejita, I don't care. <laughs> I love it, I love it. I'm on Facebook too, I'm on Facebook. There's millions of people on Facebook, probably billions actually. Loren, thank you so much, wishing you much success. I'm sure we will continue to see you in bigger, better roles in front and behind the camera. Thank you so much for being here. Mil gracias a ti por tu tiempo. I really appreciate your time and the invitation. And it was such a pleasure talking to you, my dear. The same. And thank you all for joining us on another episode of the AW Confidential Podcast. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of AW Confidential. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with all your friends. You can find me on awakened-woman.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse as Woman Awakened. I'm also on Facebook as AW Inspires. I hope you join me next time on another episode that is sure to be anything but confidential.